This is the podcast from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, October 23rd, 2011. There's an app for that, the Giving App. Last fall, um, I was in a job that was pretty stable. It was paying me really good money. Um, But some things were happening at the job that I felt like maybe I was supposed to kind of prepare to leave there. Um, So I started looking for other jobs. Um, One day at work, something had happened. And uh, on the way to work, I had been praying, you know, for God, just tell me, what do I need to do? Um, You know, we'd been, Kyle and I had been praying a lot about it. And something happened. I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, that that was my sign. It's time to go. I've got to go. So I put in a month notice, um, and I had this other job kind of in the bag. I didn't have an official written offer, but I thought I had the job. So um, I quit, and the next week when I was supposed to start the other job, I found out that I didn't have that job. Um, so I, I work as a psychologist, and um, part of my plan B was to do private practice. And while I was building that, I was planning to work at this other job that fell through. Um, so then all I had left was private practice and two patients. <laughs> so financially things got really tough for us. And I was questioning like, why did this happen? You know, I've, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was God telling me to leave. You know, did I make a mistake and a lot of guilt associated with it and, um, a huge risk for us to have taken. Um, so, you know, we're praying about this, you know, help us financially. What are we going to do? And meanwhile, um, we got into a new small group and, we weren't even studying about tithing, but the, issue, the the topic came up, and everyone started sharing about their their struggles with tithing, and you know how much you give, and are you able to give that full ten percent? And some people were saying, you know, but you get to keep ninety percent. But for some reason, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, well, you know, ninety percent of two patients is like nothing. So what am I supposed to do about that? Um, but you know, Kyle and I decided we need we need to start tithing, so we started, um, and. What should have taken a year for me to build, caseload-wise, happened in six months. Um, that next three months after we started tithing, it boomed. I actually ended up with a brief waiting list recently. Um, so it's just kind of funny how, you know, we felt like we had no money. So we started giving more away and then ended up with money. Um, you know, we really believe that it has to do with tithing. In fact, Kyle brought it to my attention not too long ago. He's like you know what, ever since we started tithing, we actually have been doing okay. And I was thinking, yeah, you're right. <laughs> There's a saying, you can't outgive God, huh? Praise the Lord. We want to say thank you to Rachel Brandenburg for sharing that uh, testimony with us this morning about uh, their family's giving. And, and as we said before, you know, there's an app, an application of the Bible for everything that's important to life. Today we're looking at the app for... Giving. I love that screen. Yeah. My name is Alan Jones. I'm one of the pastors here at Connection. Usually preach here along with my wife Carrie, but she's let's see, she's probably still in Austin, but she'll be leaving later and arriving late early tomorrow morning in Philadelphia. So she wishes she could be in two places at once, but we don't have that down yet. So please keep her in your prayers today as she travels. As I said, I'm Alan Jones. I'm a sinner who's been saved by God's grace in Jesus Christ. Let's pray this morning. Holy God, first of all, I want to say 
thank you back at the offering. I meant to pray, and I didn't. I wanted to say thank you for the opportunity you gave us to, to share with you what you've given with us to us. And, and now at this point, we'd like to just say uh, thanks for the glorious day you've placed before us. <clears throat> I pray that what we share here will be pleasing to you. I pray that uh, my words will be yours, and those that will hear will hear what you would have them hear. Pray that we'll be open to your spirit this morning. We ask these things in the name of Jesus and in that same Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. Hmm. <clears throat> so giving, giving. Did a little research for this morning and because um, uh, I was wondering, I often do this, I wonder how many times a particular word or a concept shows up in Scripture. And so, so I, I looked up give in all its variations, you know, giving, gave, given. How many times that appears in the Bible? And, and it was, well, it's nearly 2,200 times in the New International Version, in that translation, nearly 2,200 times. Now, just to give you a perspective on that, that's over three times as often as the word love and its variations occur. It's, it's nearly five times as often as the word faith and its variations occur. And, and it's nearly six times as often as the word pray and its variations occur. That's amazing, isn't it? I, 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 was, I, I hadn't, couldn't, wouldn't have dreamed that it had been that many more times than any of those other words or concepts. Giving is six times as often as praying in the Scriptures. Incredible must be important. <laughs> must be important. You know, not all the scriptures are focused on us giving, you know, on us opening our pockets, our wallets. A lot of scripture talks about how God gives, and, and that makes sense. On the other hand, many of, this, uh, many of those passages do give direction for our giving, for us giving to God and, and giving to others. Now, when we think of giving, I often think of the three T's. And these are really simple to remember, I think, the three T's. Time, talent, and treasure. Time, talent, and treasure. We'll start with time this morning. We are to give of our time, both to God and to others. We are relational beings. God created us. We're in God's image. God's relational. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Small community of three there. God is relational. Much of the Scripture guides us to be relational with God and with one another. And let's face it, relationships, good relationships, meaning relationships, meaningful relationships, take time. They take time. We can't uh, get to know someone without spending some kind of time with them, without giving them some of our time. And that's especially true with God. If we don't uh, spend time with God, that relationship is not going to flourish. That's why in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, this is the New American Standard Bible, we are told to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. We're to be in constant communication with God. We are to give God a significant portion of our time. It's not our primary focus this morning. So, on another Sunday, we'll take more time to talk about our time and prayer time with God. Now, second T. Second T stands for talent, as we said. And, and not just our talent, but our spiritual gift. See, a talent's one thing, like it's a World Series. Hitting a baseball is a talent. That's not the kind of talent we're talking about. We're talking about spiritual gift 
towns, like we read about in Corinthians 12, 7. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, we're told that the Holy Spirit gives each and every believer at least one spiritual gift, at least one spiritual gift, like the gift of leadership, the gift of administration, the gift of mercy, the gift of helping, the gift of teaching, the gift of music, the gift of hospitality, the list goes on. And, and, and as we learn in our network class that I gave a little ad for before, our network course, we're called to use these gifts for the glory of God and for the building up of others. In other words, we're called to serve and to use our spiritual gifts, our spiritual talents, if you will, as we serve God and one another. And as we said with time, talent is not our focus this morning. So we'll talk about that more on another Sunday. But once again, network class, talked about a few minutes ago. Again, November the 5th. If you haven't taken it, strongly recommend it. Uh, 8 to 3 on November the 5th. Sign up to get services. Our third T is treasure. Treasure. And that is our focus this morning. Treasure. The material things God has shared with us. And notice I say here shared. I don't use the word given. God has shared with us. That's because we have them technically on loan. (laughs) There's a book entitled, When It's All Over, It All Goes Back in the Box. When the game's over, it all goes back in the box. Stuff's on loan. The stuff we say is ours isn't really ours. It all belongs to God. And that's important to constantly remember because that would have a great deal to say about how we're going to use that stuff. Yeah. See, God allows us to use it. God allows us to enjoy it. God allows us to take care of it. That's the thing. We're caretakers. Caretakers of God's stuff. And by definition, if you look it up, a caretaker is one who looks after or takes care of the property of someone else. That's what a caretaker does. The property is not theirs. They, they, they are stewards of that property, caretakers. Their job is to take care of the property on behalf of the real owner, to handle and treat the stuff as the real owner would handle and treat it, as the real owner would want it treated. Now, if we look at um, treasure from that perspective, it changes everything. It changes everything. No longer are we free to do with this as we wish if we're truly a caretaker. No longer are we able to use it merely for our own personal desires without regard to to God or other people. No longer can we say, well, this is mine and I'll do with it as I choose. Not if we really believe that we're the caretakers of God's stuff. Because the bottom line, it isn't ours. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's all God's. And as such, we need to be mindful of how God would have us take care of it. Keeping in mind what the Apostle Paul shares with us in Acts 20, verse 35. This is the New International Version. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself who said, say it with me, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You've 
You've probably heard that before. When I was little around Christmas time, I used to say, oh, it's better to get than to give. But that's not, what, that's not the quote. It's the opposite of that. It, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Giving to God and others is central to what we're called to do with God's stuff. In the Bible, especially the Old Testament, you say, why didn't in the New Testament? Probably because the New Testament guys were all familiar with it. They'd read, they were familiar with the Old Testament. They didn't have to repeat it again. Especially in the Old Testament, God is very specific when it comes to giving back to God. And sometimes we don't like this. And sometimes we get upset with the preacher for sharing this. But if I don't share it, I'm shortchanging you because it's an important part of the Old Testament, an important part of what God calls us to do. So he, what happens is the messenger gets shot, but that's okay. We're still going to give the message and what it has to say. Deuteronomy 14.22 is an example of a passage, and there are several in the Old Testament. This is an example that talks about this idea that's repeated often. It says this. God says, be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Be sure to set aside one-tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Set aside a tenth. That's our fourth T today, because that 10% in the church... You know, church, church world always has a special word for things. And in church world, that tenth is known as the tithe. T-I-T-H-E. It's really funny how for a lot of people, tithe is a four-letter word. Meaning, they think it's a bad thing to talk about. Actually, it's a glorious thing to talk about. And we'll talk to you, tell you why as we go this morning. That's our fourth T today, tithe. Ten percent, the tithe. In this case, God tells them to set aside ten percent of what their fields produce. That's because they're farmers. That's their, that's their uh, uh, you know, how they calculate. That's their uh, economy, so to speak. Ten percent of what is their uh, exchanging. So what's this about? Why does God need 10% of what comes from the field? God doesn't eat, right? He does, and, and I'm not sure God really needs that 10% because it's all his anyway. But God's people do. You see, they would bring that grain into the storehouse so that the people would have food when times were tough. See, it's for the good of all, not just for the individuals. God was looking out for God's people in advance. But more than that, the tithe is more than just provision, though. See, here's what tithing really is. We think of tithing as money, or in this case, grain or whatever, whatever medium of exchange you're using. But the tithe really isn't about money or grain or stuff. Tithe is about obedience and faith. That's what tithe is. It's obedience and faith. See, God calls us to be obedient. And we, most of us don't really like that. Because that's the word obedience comes from the word obey. And come on, let's get real here. Most of us don't like that concept of having to obey. I don't. That's a challenge. I see a lot of smiles there. I'm not going to say give me a hand because I know they'd all go up pretty much. We don't like that. But God calls us to be obedient even when we don't understand why. And that's our challenge. We want to know why. I always want to know why. And God doesn't always tell us. And he wants us to trust him. 
even when we don't have the full picture before us, because we're never going to have the full picture before us because we're not God. (laughs) Since we don't foresee a famine coming, for example, we wouldn't know to store up the grain like they did back then when God said pull it into the storehouse for the future. God tells us to bring in the tithes without explanation because God knows better than we do what's ahead and what's best for us. And see, this obedience leads to faith. Faith is the belief in things not seen. It's being able to do what God calls us to do even before we know the reason because we may never know the reason. And I know a lot of say, well, I can't wait because that's the first thing I'm going to ask God when I get into heaven. I bet you've got better things to do when you step into heaven than worry about that old question that's long gone. Anyway, faith is being able to do what God calls us to do even before we, um, we fully know the reason. And in some cases, as I said, we have never know the reason. In addition to faith, tithing reminds us that all we have is God's in the first place. Tithing reminds us that we are simply the caretakers. So that when we give the tithe, we go, oh yeah, that's God's. In fact, not only am I giving him back the ten, but he's telling me to take care of the rest as he would want me to take care of it. That might even be more challenging than giving up the 10%. Amen? (laughs) Amen. Here's the other thing about the tithe. It should come off the top. It should come off the top. And why is that? Well, we want to give God our first and our best fruits. You know, if we wait till the end, sometimes it might might not be anything left. It's interesting, in our culture, most of us, if we work for a company and we get a paycheck, you know who gets it off the top? Uncle Sam. Isn't that interesting? Uncle Sam gets it off the top, but often it's hard for us to see that God gets it off the top. Wow. So actually, the way paychecks work, it might not actually be off the top. It might be after, but we have to figure it out as, as if it was coming before the government got their chunk. Because who should come first, God or the, or the, or the government? Let's be real. <laughs> Here's the other thing. <clears throat> I think I shared this a while back. You've got somebody really important coming over for dinner. What are you going to serve? The leftovers from last night? Probably not. So why do we want to give God our leftovers? But that's what we do when we don't take it off the top. Well, if there's anything left, I'll give it to God. Oh, I got a few little change here. Okay, God, you can have what's left over after I've spent everything else this week. It tells us what position we put God in. God expects to be number one in our lives. And that doesn't mean just the first thing we think about in the morning or the one we worship on Sunday morning, but He expects to be first in all things. And that includes our wallets and checkbooks. They can say you can tell what's important to somebody if you look in two books, their appointment book and their checkbook. Here's the important thing for us. Most of us aren't farmers. And even if we are, we're probably not paying things in grain these days. 
We usually convert it to cash, money, whatever. Some kind of an accounting in the money system. Often we don't use cash. We use plastic cards or we use uh, EFTs or all that electronical type stuff. But most of us aren't taking grain into the storehouse, are we? No. So our first fruits aren't really fruits at all. But it's some kind of an accounting of the money that we have from our paychecks or however we're getting that money. And so when we talk about tithing, we aren't talking about bringing fruits and grains to God. But we're talking about money, our medium of exchange. And again, another five-letter word that we deal with like it's a four-letter word in church. You know, we don't want to talk about money. You know, when we started this church, Karen and I had done a lot of research. Two reasons people don't come to church. One, they find it irrelevant. Two, all they want to talk about at church is money. And so we try not to. And like I said last year, about this time last year, we talked the same topic. Saying, Gosh, on every November you talk about it. Yeah, we probably should talk about it more because we're shortchanging you if we don't talk to you about the importance, not of money, but of what God's call to us is and what the blessing is that God promises. We shortchange you if we don't talk about what God finds important and therefore what we should find important. The tithe, for us, isn't grain, but it's some semblance of money, be that electronic or cash or class, whatever it is. It would be 10% of what we make. And if we fully take it seriously, it would be off the top, not after all of our deductions are taken out. And we give it to God, first fruits. Let's see how that translates for another family in our church. When we first got married, I think that we would give on a regular basis to church, but I don't think that we ever had a discussion or really made a commitment to tithing prior to the challenge. I mean, I think there were moments where we incrementally increased the amount that we were giving, and it wasn't the 10%, but once the challenge came, we, we talked about it, and we said, you know, this, this is something that we can do because we weren't financially right with God. I know I can be honest and say that my financial life, juxtaposed with my spiritual life, was not right. And um, everything from bounce checks to, I mean, every day, it seems like, seemed like every week I would walk in the house and he would have one of those little slips. What is this about? What is this about? <laughs> and I would just be like, well, well, I thought I bounced my checkbook, and I thought I did what I was supposed to do. Um, but... I have to admit, ever since we've taken the challenge seriously, in a year's time, there has been no bounce checks. Um, I personally made a commitment to make a small sacrifice. And when you think about it, the sacrifices that I've made are nothing compared to what Christ made for us. I've given up my Starbucks habit. I get my nails done maybe once a week. Um, I don't go to Tiffany's as much as I used to. <laughs> Another challenge just came up. Um, recently was uh, me um, being laid, not laid off, but pretty much forced to retire because I got injured on a job um, as a firefighter. And um, so I'm already getting a percentage of the money now than, re than my regular salary. So trying to, you know, balance that, uh, pay the bills, um, you know, because we have four kids, <laughs> pay the bills and um, have, le have enough money for us to, you know, do the things we got to do for our kids as well as, you know, definitely give uh, back to the church. Was definitely a challenge because I was like, you know, I think that was the biggest challenge as far as me financially, um, trying to balance that. And um, all I pretty much did at that time was just put both our salaries together, added it up, and it's um, 
multiplied by 10%. And I knew that was the amount we had to give, and I divided that by uh, 12 months, basically, or 52 weeks. <laughs> 52 weeks, rather. And um, that's what we've been doing, just sticking to it. Whatever extra, whatever's left over, that's what we have to deal with at that time. But, you know, I think that, too, in the process of us really deciding to make a commitment, it's impacted our lives in other ways. You know, we do spend a lot of time together as a family. I think we did that before, but we're more creative. Um, I think in terms of the economic condition that our country is being impacted by, we weren't really impacted by that because once he decided to take over the finances, we started living a bit below our means. Then we made a commitment through the challenge to tithe. And, and I have to say, I don't worry about finances. I honestly and truly don't. And, you know, Micah talks to me about what he's done every month. And, you know, we've come up with a new savings plan, which I think is awesome because we didn't even know the amount. When he told me, like, this is what we're going to be able to save a month, I was floored because I didn't even know we had that much excess to be able to save that much. And so it's been a blessing. And it's something that I think that we're going to commit to for the rest of our lives. I want to say thanks to the Edwards family for sharing some personal stuff there with us this morning. Hmm. So, see, God takes this tithing thing seriously. In the book of Malachi, we find uh, just how serious God takes it in terms of background. The Hebrew people as a whole, uh, and when we read in Malachi from that prophet, uh, they've been far from God, which happens a lot in the Old Testament. They get close, to go far away, and their periods of far away seem a lot longer than their periods of closeness to God. Anyway, and as a result, they have not been bringing the tithe into the storehouse, as was called for back there in uh, Deuteronomy. So God, through the prophet Malachi, he addresses this with his people. He says this, he says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere, well, will a mere mortal rob God, rob God? Yet you rob me, God says. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And God says this. He says, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me, God says. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not, say it with me, throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. We've shared this passage before, but I think always think it bears repeating because we forget what God says here. God claims the people are robbing him because they're not bringing the tithes in. In fact, the people are under a curse because of what they are not doing. Can you imagine God saying to us, hey, you are robbing me? We don't think that because we often don't think about all our stuff being God's, but think about it. It's pretty intense. And it would get real intense if we thought that we would be under God's curse, wouldn't it? God tells the people to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. You know, I've thought many times, when we started this church, we don't do a lot of fundraising. In fact, we don't do any. In fact, we tried to do fundraising a year ago, and it was, was painful. And the reason is because when we first started, we thought, you know, we shouldn't, fundraising isn't what a church should be about. 
Because if we truly tithe, wow, we'd be looking for places uh, of mission because the storehouse would be so full. You see, if we did what God calls us to do, uh, churches' fundraising would be, wouldn't make any sense other than maybe for a social activity because the funds would be there for whatever God calls us to do. And then God says after the whole time, he says this. It's really interesting. We don't find it elsewhere in Scripture. It's something we're, t- we're told not to do, actually, in other places in Scripture. Yet God calls the people, God calls us to do this. He calls the people to test him in this. Test me. Jesus says we're not to test the Lord, but in this one instance, God says, test me. Put him to the test. And if we test God, see if God doesn't throw open the floodgates. A floodgate is a gate to hold back a flood. So if he opens the floodgate, what's going to result? A flooding. Not a trickle, not a dripping. A flooding of blessing. Can you imagine being flooded with God's blessing? Incredible. Sounds like what happened to Rachel. In that first video, doesn't it? So much so that we can't handle it, God says. Basically, God is going to drown us. That's what a flood It's going to drown us in God's blessing. Wow. Wow. God, God takes this really seriously. And why? Because God wants us to be obedient and faithful And also God realizes that when we do this, we're going to realize blessing beyond our imagination. Let's hear another story. Then we just started here and there. And then what was convenient on our terms for our budget, which... uh, we put tithing as the last thing on our list. And uh, at the time, we were comfortable with that. And, uh, I wasn't comfortable with that. No, no, you weren't. I just kept my head in the sand about it. You just let me handle the finances. Yeah. And I did. A little bit here and there. Um, I, was, I was more convicted to tithe the proper proper way, but um, I took a cop out because I just didn't pay attention to it, and I figured that that excused me from <laughs> doing the right thing. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, right? <laughs> and I think I was more concerned of our standard of living and having money, um, which we all know is the right thought process. So after your mother passed, she left us an inheritance. Correct. And we decided to do 10% of that to the church. And and we had to remember that that was based on gross, not net. <laughs> gross, not net. Um, and and it, was, it was hard. It was probably one of the largest checks I ever wrote to a church, ever. Um, But we did. We did the the 10% tithe to the T. And uh, 
Shortly after that, we needed a roof on our house. So we contracted to have a roof put on, and that was a lot more money than I ever planned on putting on a roof. Even being in the business, it still cost us uh, a lot of money. And when the roof was all done, there was an issue with the shingles. There was a, a color discrepancy. Um, so we got the manufacturer and the distributor involved. And uh, lo and behold, uh, they gave us a check for the exact dollar amount that we tithe to the church from the inheritance. Um, and that was within like a few weeks of when we tithed. Yes. The timing was remarkable. God works very quickly, I would say. In that instance. In that instance, yes. That was his time. Um, But that kind of, how would I say, uh, set the groundwork of his faithfulness. And uh, so we started taking tithing a little more seriously. Not to the T yet, but a little more seriously. And then last year when we had the tithing challenge, really had no reason to not take the challenge. Um, we just dove in immediately and started our tithe. And that's the first thing that comes out of the pay every other week. Don't know how it's working. What's well, working? God's making it work. Um, and we haven't changed anything else. I mean, really. No, we haven't. Yeah, so we haven't had to adjust really any anything else in our lifestyle. It just works. It just works. It's easier if you write that check first, and it's done with, and then what you have left um, to live on is what God says you need to live on. And we're able to do that. And... It still blows my mind with a kid in college and bills and everything else. It's working out. So. And it's not like when we didn't do it that that money was sitting in a savings account. It wasn't. That money wasn't being saved anywhere. We so. don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We're not trying to figure it out. Yeah. With all my spreadsheets and Quicken, it it works. It was like a weight lifted off our shoulders when we started to tithe regularly and, and, and follow the tithe to the T. It was like we're not hiding anything anymore. We're being obedient. So it, it, it was very uplifting mm-hmm. once we got into it and I haven't missed a beat. So that was, yeah. it was almost like the last piece of the puzzle. Kind of worked out. And I got to take my head out of the sand. Then we want to thank the Johnstons for sharing this part of their story. You know, it's interesting. They said, well, you know, nothing really changed. We didn't change. Well, the thing is, I think sometimes things do You just don't even realize it. Because maybe some things aren't as important as they once were when you realize that it's all God's. You know, God's going to get what God needs done, whether we tithe or not. 
Um, but you know, here at this church, from a real practical level, it's, it's the tithes and offerings that allows us to do God's ministry here. And God's going to get God's ministry done, but I, I like it for us to be able to participate, don't you? And those, those the tithes and offerings allow that from a practical level. But on the, on the spiritual level, when we tithe, God knows that we're putting God first. And you're probably by the end of the day going, I am sick of hearing this tithing thing. But the point is, again, I, it's not so much about the money, although the money takes care of things, but it's about faith. And it's about our connection to God. When we tithe, God knows that we're putting God first. And when we put God first, our lives are going to be different. They're going to be different. Our lives are going to be changed. Our lives are going to be better. People sometimes say to me, Alan, I want to go deeper. I wish your messages would go deeper on Sunday morning. I wish, you know, well, I don't know how deep we're going to go in 25 minutes. I'll just tell you that up top. Uh, uh, small groups are going to go deeper. I'm going to point, if you come up to me and say, Alan, I really want to go deeper, my first thing to you now is going to be, are you tithing? No. Well, do you want to go deeper? Because my experience is you're going to be much deeper with God if you tithe. First of all, because you're going to be trusting him a whole lot more than you did before, and you're going to be putting God first. So be on the lookout. If you say, Alan, I want to go deeper, that's going to be my first question. Are you tithing? And if not, why not if you want to go deeper? <coughs> See, the, and the blessing you're going to receive may not be financial. These people all realize some, it's not always going to be financial. You're not going to get the $10,000 uh, thing from the shingles not being That's not always going to be, but I guarantee that there will be a blessing. The blessing might be that you realize that, uh, that you don't have to have more and more and more money for things to be okay. You know, only God knows the blessing that you're going to need, that your family's going to need. For us, the Jones family, tithing gave us a sense of freedom about money that we didn't have before. And actually, tithing allows us to be even more generous on top of the tithing. Because actually, tithing is supposed to just be the start, not the finish. Tithing allows us to be able to be even more generous on top of the tithe. Because it's like a weight off of our shoulders, like Jeff said there, as we're reminded that through the tithe that it's all God's anyway. We know God said, test him in this. And we as a church feel so strongly about that that we want to give you the opportunity to test us in this. We have something called the tithing challenge. You got this in your program this morning. Long thing, it sticks out purposely so you'll see it. The tithing challenge. It's got a lot of legal stuff in here because we want to make sure that we all understand what the parameters are. But basically what this says, it says, I am going to tithe for a 90-day period. That's three months. And if you're not blessed at the end of that time, we're going to give you all your money back. That's a money-back guarantee. How do you like that? And we're not trying to be an infomercial or anything like that. We just want you to have an opportunity to give it a try because we think it's so important. Not because we need your money. Well, we do need a certain amount of money to keep the lights on, but, but because we want you to realize God's blessing. Money back in. Here you go. We'll even make it easier. On the back, there's a, what do they call that, EFT, electronic funds transfer. You could just make it so that it's automatic. You do it with your mortgage and car. Why not with church? Oh, I know, because when the bag comes around, you feel kind of, hmm, I'm not putting anything in. If you do the EFT, here's the deal. We'll give you 12 envelopes and 12 little cards, and you can write on the card, God, I love you. I did it through EFT and put it in the bag. 
like phonic trans transfer. Oh, I forgot. You'll never forget. It's automatic. Like I say, we do it for everything else. Why not do it for the thing that's number one? EFT. What you're saying is, God, I'm giving it to you first. Here you go. You know, the thing about tithing is this. I, I encourage you all, sign up for this if you haven't. If you haven't, sign up for this. Why not? You know, the thing about tithing is this. Even though it involves money, it's not really a money thing. It's a faith thing. Do you trust that God will say what he says he's going to do? Do you trust that God can take care of you on the 90%? Do you, do you think that God, do you trust God will be blessed beyond the, t- the belief when you give the tithe? That's, that's the challenge. Do you trust what God shares? Do you believe that God can take care of you better than you can take care of yourself? That's the question. That's what tithing is all about. It's trust and it's faith. And the question is, are you willing to do what God says, put him to the test through your giving? There's an app for that. I encourage you to pray about this. Spend some time today, this week. Pray to God. Say, God, help me see how this might work. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, thanks for the opportunity today to uh, talk about your kingdom, talk about what's important to you and should be important to us. Please help us to have the faith that we can live on the 90 as we give you the 10. It's in Christ and your Holy Spirit we pray and all God's children said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.